You're listening to Watching Friends on the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find more great shows like this one, visit greenlitpodcasts.com. Hi, I'm Ryan, and I'll be Holden McGroin. And I'm Mark. Ryan, stop pumping the lamp. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty lamp, Mark. <laughs> well, welcome back to Watching Friends, our continuing journey through every single episode of the Hit TV Show Friends. And it's taken us about four tries to stop recording this one, so I think we're going to have a, a fun Yeah, it's going to be a, a fun, fun, show. fun giggle for shows. <laughs> yeah. I hit the wrong buttons, <laughs> knock microphones <laughs> over, and you know. Fun, fun hilarity ensues. So I think it's worth pointing out that uh, we did a friends quiz. We did, didn't uh, we? Last week. So uh, one of the pub chains here, they had a friends quiz. It's one of those app-based ones where I think it's run through lots of different pubs at the same time. But each pub has its own uh, like host, I guess, to read the questions out. And then you just answer it all through the app. Yes, not that, um, you know, not that it was read out overly clearly a lot of times. A lot of no. times I was struggling to hear the question, and I was like, wait, what? And somebody still knew the answer. But. So we're not going to tell you if we won or not. You have to wait till the end. Yes. No, actually, I'm going to tell you now. Um, <laughs> so but the, the way the quiz works is like the, the host will read out a question, and it, it appears on a TV screen about 20 seconds later. Um, but it works by fastest finger first. So if you're the fastest, you get extra bonus points. And if you just answer it, then you just get standard points. So being quick is important. Yep. Um, we did actually win, which is amazing. We did. Uh, and, uh, considering, you know, you think there's 12 seasons in Friends <laughs> and all the other mistakes we put in, we didn't do too badly. I mean, you know, long-term memory is not great, but trivia memory is fine, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was very pleasantly... Well, I was glad we won, obviously, and the prize was nice. Um, but I was surprised that I knew as many as I did, given that we drafted in, like, particular Friends nerd help. Um, but yeah, I think out of like 50 questions, there were four I didn't know the answer to. And one of those was because of a character's headshot or an actor's headshot yes. that looked nothing like the person who appeared in the show. Yeah. Um, but it was a fun little quiz, to be fair. Yeah, so there, there was four of us on the team, Yep. which was, which was nice. Um, it was kind of difficult to for us all to answer because it's app-based and it's fastest finger first. One person basically has to have the phone in front of them and you're going to put that with the person with the most knowledge. Yep. Uh, so... We had our friend Jess, who is destined to appear on the podcast at some date in the future as the mega Friends fan that she is. Yeah, and uh, we, we kind of drafted her as like, right, she'll fill any gaps in our knowledge. Yeah. Um, but the way the questions fell, we, we kind of knew it all. And to Jess, it, she could have had a nap and still won, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she could have won by herself. I, I feel like if, if it was me and you on there, we would have done respectably. We just not wouldn't have been that fast to get the bonus points. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a fun night because there's some rounds where if you got the answer wrong, you'd lose points. And there was other teams where I felt like they were answering the quickest, the, the most. Because when you answer the quickest, you get a little sound clip played out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you can have lots of different friends, phrases and whatever in there. Yeah, Jess was very excited by our sound clip. Yeah. I feel like that was the only reason she wanted to control the app. What, what was our sound clip? There was a... Was it snow? A ghost? No, paper snow. <laughs> yeah. A ghost. Yeah. And <laughs> just every time she'd like mime along to it, and it was like, well, someone's enjoying the clip. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there was this like, this other team where I feel like, oh, they're going to get ahead because they seem to be answering way quicker than us, which is sometimes down to the the latency on the app and the Wi-Fi and things. 
but no, I think they got a lot wrong, so they lost a lot of points. But we was you know, in the lead for every single round. And that final round, we just pulled ahead because we didn't answer anything wrong. And if we didn't know, we just left it and just we're like, we're not going to get involved. Yeah, well, I suppose when you know you're in first place going into the final round, yeah. it's don't risk it because you don't want to blow the lead. Whereas yeah. everyone behind you has to commit. And yeah, I guess we played the game well. Because there, there was one round which was very entertaining where one team gets to answer and then everyone else has to decide if their answer is correct or not. Mm-hmm. And if you like go, if you get it right, being like second, like in it, so you're the one agreeing if it's correct or not, then you get like the points, and they could lose potentially by answering wrongly. Yeah, so you could buzz in to say your answer, but you could interrupt the question. Yeah. So a lot of teams would be like, "Who are answer?" Were like, "In which episode does Joey?" And they'd buzz, and they'd be like, they had no idea what the rest of the question was, so yeah. they'd answer, and then but you'd get to hear the question finished. So when they'd given their answer, it'd be like, "One of them was what's Emily's surname." And they heard, what's Emily's name? Emily! And they yeah, just, they yeah, just exactly. answered after those. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, the woman that, the English woman that Ross is about to marry, what is her... Yeah, and then they beeped and were yeah. like, Emily! And then they, the question was surname. So we were like, we disagree with their answer of Emily. So they lost points for getting it wrong. Yeah. And then we got points for getting, well, for getting the disagreement correct. One of the best, though, was a question which was totally different, where it's like, at Central Perk, there is, and they buzzed in, Coffee. Coffee is also blah, 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 blah. And it's like a totally different question to like what the beginning started with that you was never going to guess it. No. I really, I really like that one. Um, cool. But yeah, so we won. So I think Ryan's going to put up a picture of us winning standing in front of the, the projector. Yes, and which I look awful. <laughs> I love the way the, the projection is hitting my face. Like I've got some kind of geisha makeup on. But <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to have to guess which which ones we are. Uh, you know, we, we might uh, spoil your impression of our beautiful, attractive faces and bodies and... No, I wouldn't do it if we look how we people whom we sound. Probably not. Like the way. In fact, mark up the picture and guess who's Ryan and who's Mark <laughs> yeah, in the photo. Yeah. Just so we can guess. This is like, I think they're the girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to like listening to them because I thought they were attractive, and then I saw their pictures, <laughs> and now I'm not so sure. Now I'm curious: do I sound hotter than I am, or do I? Oh, am I better looking than I sound? I don't know. But maybe although your photo is pretty terrible because you've got the projector over your face directly over my eyes that looks like a cyberpunk geisha it's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous but uh but yeah hopefully uh, we get to do that again because they, they normally do a lot of friends quizzes uh, at the pubs in the UK uh, so it'd be fun to go back again and defend our title yes just just do the tour of all the pubs just demolishing everyone at friends yeah. quizzes and then get a bit of a rep some street cred but we we do need to come up with a better name what were we called? Unagi. Yeah, we're just Unagi. Yeah. I, I, uh, there was another team called the Moo Point, which I thought was yeah, quite that was nice. Name. Uh, so we, you know, if you've got a cool idea for a quiz name for us, let's know. I mean, at one point, when we really want to start flexing, we could just put Watching Friends Podcast. I think we should have done it just because we might have got a few, few <laughs> listeners, right? Always hustling. <laughs> so we get, get go from six listeners to seven. <laughs> um, but, you know, so yeah, uh, you can, you know, I'm going to read out the socials now. Because we do this at the end and people are probably doing up by the end. Um, you know, come and follow us at Watch Friends Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Yes. Uh, suggest some quiz names to us. That would be nice. And Ryan also puts like friends memes there. So, you know, it's worth following for a bit of humor and friends, facts and trivia and things. Yes, maybe um, it's really interesting. Something's really intense. Yes. Um, but yeah, you have to follow to find out. Yeah, there, there was one recently which was like all these actors have like died since they were on Friends. And some of them were quite surprising. Um, we're actually going to mention one of them in the next episode. Yeah. Uh, but for now, we need to talk about the one with the fake moniker. 
which is one of my favourite episodes. Yep. So essentially, we we alternate episodes, as you'd have noticed from listening, that Mark will essentially run an episode and I'll do show notes for the next one. Oh, don't give it all away. It's all, this, all the industry <laughs> secrets. <laughs> I found out that this was going to be like the episode for me to make the master notes for. And I was like, yes, I got the one with the boobies and I've got the one with the fake Monica. Like season one, I've totally looked out on what episodes to get. Um, it's such a weird episode in general. Um, I guess in the sense of at the time when you kind of the credit card fraud happens, which we'll get to in more in depth in a bit, it was a really like, oh my god, that's such a weird thing to happen. Whereas nowadays it happens and it's kind of like meh. Like, yeah, it just happens all the time, right? But we'll get into that more later. But still. So yeah, so the episode starts off. We open at the apartment. Monica, I said the apartment. Everyone knows the apartment is the girls' apartment. Yeah, because if they they don't really do a lot in the boys' apartment, do they? So when you say which, which when they're in a different apartment, you will just be like, "It's the boys' apartment." Yeah, you, you, if you're not at the girls' apartment, you specify where you are, yeah. like at Ross's apartment. Uh, but then basically, Monica's going for a credit card statement, um, looking at what this person's been buying, and then she's reassured by Rachel. Oh wait, you know, I've got to worry. Um, the credit card company said you've only got to pay back what you stole. But then you told me about a little in te- interesting tidbit, Mark. Yeah, there is. So uh, in the uncut DVD version, which we're going to discuss at some point in the future, because we go through the Netflix versions, which don't have the uncut content in. Um, generally, the uncut content is, is, is all right. It's pretty good, but it makes the episodes a bit overly long. So I think we'll come back to those and we'll go through them in detail in the future. But in the uncut DVD version, the opening scene is actually different. So you've got Monica having lunch with her mother and... You know, ask her to, to not talk about her career or love life and that she's doing just fine. So we know how Judy is going to get with Monica, right? Uh, Monica insists for paying for lunch and hands the way to her credit card, who returns it to say that it's been declined. Uh, Judy then gleefully pulls out her credit card to pay. I wish that had been the, the kind of aired release, yeah. uh, I guess, because it's such a, such a better scene than sat on a sofa complaining about a credit card. Yeah, it's, well, and it's even weirder for, for us, right? So in the UK, you do not give your credit card to someone and let them walk away of it because that's how they clone your card yep. uh, through various means. They can they can swipe it or do whatever they want with it, right? In America, you always give your credit card and they disappear with it into the back room and then they print out a receipt and you kind of, you can add your tip into the receipt. So basically, they've, they've captured your card details and at that point, they can enter whatever they want into the, the funds, right? Yep. And it's so weird that Americans are okay with that. People just taking their card away to photograph it or whatever you want to do. Yeah, like in a decent restaurant in the UK, they'll bring the, the bill or the check over, whatever yep. we're going to call it, in like a fancy little folder. Yep. Pop on the table, you open it and go, okay, that's what I've got to pay. I don't know, this is like weird moment of suspense where you're just like, oh my God, how much have we spent on food? Um, or how much is is that there a golden one? ticket in yeah, there? It's just like, how much has that one person in the group spent on food? <laughs> <laughs> and, charge, and charge me for, for having one slice, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you basically wait for them to, or gesture to the staff to bring the card reader over and they will quite literally put it through next to you. Yeah. So you're completely aware and invisible what you're doing. So I, I'm completely with you. It's such an alien idea to me that I'd be like, bye, take, take yeah. my payment details. Well, especially when it comes to the tip thing, because you'd be in there going, I put $10. What's the stop? I'm just adding an extra few zeros on and just going, well, they put $1,000 on there. That's what it said. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, again, that's tip culture in the UK compared to, yeah. I always hate it when I go to a restaurant in the UK and they're like, we've added gratuity and I'm like, take it off. Yeah. Like you weren't spectacular at your job. You're already getting paid a decent wage. Exactly. But then you feel like, you know, I suppose asking them to take it off is equivalent of not tipping in America is seen as really rude. I, I guess the way you 
put in front of it is like I want to make sure you get the money, not the business and you know the the CEO bosses up top. Because some some restaurants they'll be like, whatever tip you give doesn't go directly to like that member of staff. It's like, well, they get fifty percent, and the rest gets shared with other people in the restaurant. Well, that's fine. But then it'll be like, and then ten or twenty percent goes to head office, and you're like, why? What did they do to earn this? Yeah, they did nothing. No, no, take the tip off, and I'll just give you some money. Yeah, because uh, you know, what if what if the person who served you is fantastic at their job and not that there's anything wrong with the service industry, but if they're destined for great things of how sparkling their mm. personality is, and then I give them a tip, and then they've got to share that with, like, Pauline, who's terrible at her job, and false teeth fall into your tea, and <laughs> some, um, why is she getting some of my money when yeah. I've had no interaction with her whatsoever? No. So I don't think you should have to share tips. Yeah, t- tip should be for the person who's done the job for you. Yeah, but the problem we've got in this episode is that someone is sharing Monica's credit card. Yeah. It's just not nice. Uh, what I love about this scene, though, is Monica's not so much distressed that she's been defrauded, but at the spending habits of the person doing the fraud. Yeah. Which is, it's, I mean, we're only in season one, but I feel like you could definitely say this is a classic moniker. Yes. And it's weird to be able to say that like 21 episodes into a show, given that that's how strong the writing is in Friends. You already know at this point, maybe with the exception of Ross a little bit, because he always wavers a bit, but nearly every single person in the show, you're like, that's, that's classic moniker. Yeah, it's kind of weird looking back on it, because we've watched these series like, many times throughout the years i never really thought about it I, I guess after like you've watched it through once you know the characters so when you watch you know series one you're like i already know these characters this feels natural and normal but looking at it with an analytical mind it can be like well this is only you know, episode 21 how is monica kind of already like this settled yeah, she so died in the wall, you know, exactly. Like yeah. you could, at this point in the show, you could take a line out, read it to someone and they'd be like, that's Monica. Yeah. Which is impressive. I mean. Yeah, yeah, I've done a good job, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But the rest of the gang are also going over the credit card statement. And then Chandler chirps in, calling the person a geek because they spent like $80 <laughs> on a wonder map. Uh, which I love because at that point I'm like, Chandler, do we know Monica better than you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that's clearly something Monica bought. Uh, I, I wonder if it's one of those adverts though for a mop where it's like it's not just a mop it's also a and then they go but wait there's more yeah and it's like if you squeeze this double <laughs> yeah. quick like twist action it drains itself and i'm yeah. like is it clean like so it needs to do <laughs> it doesn't need this snazzy stuff but you know it, it being monica's you know is, is quite funny yeah i mean it's yeah it's a great scene uh, and then marcel starts to hump a lamp because he's a monkey and that's what they do yeah i mean it's not surprising that you know, obviously you've got ross and marcel as a team no one's getting any action out of that pair, to be fair. Like, they're <laughs> no. terrible wingmen. I'm a kind of, I'd probably rather have Marcel as a wingman than Ross. Yes, yes. So it's not a surprise that Marcel's had to resort to humping the furniture. Well, you know, okay, Marcel might pee on things, but Ross is going to be talking about gas and different types of gas. <laughs> <Yeah>. And rocks. <laughs> yeah. just, I mean, it's stuff that I'd be interested in, but not if I'm trying to date him, I suppose. <laughs> uh, and Marcel sprints off into Rachel's room, and uh, let's hear what he gets up to. Oh, the yuck. Ross, he's doing it again. Oh, Marcel, stop humping the lamp. Stop humping. Now, Marcel, come, come back. Come here, Marcel. No, oh, no, no, not in my room. I'll get him. Ross, you've got to do something about the humping. What? It's, it's just a phase. Well, that's what we said about Joey. <laughs> hey, would you all relax? It's not that big a deal. Marcel, stop it. Marcel... Bad monkey! What? Uh, let's just say my Curious George doll is no longer curious. That's right where they're Mark. It's my joke of the episode. Go for it. My joke. My joke. I, 
every time I watch the episode, <laughs> it has me. I have to pause and just get all the giggling out of my system because it's, it's so fantastically yeah. done. Don't know why Rachel's still got a Curious George doll at that age. I was about to ask this, yes. Uh, I'm curious about that, but yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just the way, it's just on the fly, she thinks that up. It's just, yeah, I love yeah. it. I mean, obviously, we don't all have a professional writing team writing our wee <laughs> no. banner for us, um, but you know, we'll give Rachel credit, I guess, where her credit's due. Pure Curious George. But uh, yeah, Monica's still upset that this woman's living her life better than she is. Um, but I guess you would be, right? Because. You look at other people's lives, especially now on Instagram and that, and you're like, that should be my life. But you don't see all this stuff going on behind it. So when you see all your friends going, oh, look, I'm on holiday again. It's like, yeah, that's great. But you don't realize they're probably in crippling debt to afford all these Instagram worthy holidays and things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's probably a bigger issue for the younger generations because we were there when social media, you know, was spawned. And to me, it's just it's basically a way of keeping in touch with friends. I don't particularly use it as like a look at my life. No. Because A, I don't particularly find my life inter- that interesting. Like if I'm enjoying myself, you don't need to see that. Like if, you, if I want you to see parts of my life, I'll invite you to wherever I'm going. Or you'll, you'll talk about the one that watching Friends podcast. Or overshare to all our listeners. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't use social media in the same way, but I get your point that, you know, you, you're looking at someone's ideal, idealized version of what they want to show you. But also, you know, if if we could, we would all be like, I want to go and do fun things every single day. But the reality is you can't because you need to earn money to be able to just afford to live. Yeah. Right? Like if if Judy gave Monica her credit card, Monica would live the life she wants yes, to live yeah. because she wouldn't have the responsibility of earning it. No. Like if, if I could go, you know, spend every day doing something new, I would. Okay, you might get bored of it eventually. But at the same time, you know, I can't because do work like and and doing the podcast is fun right but this is always squeezed in whenever we we do these it's never a you know let's just fancy doing a podcast today it's always right need to plan it to fit around all the other schedule of things going on yeah it's always when you're not at work when i've got time I mean, even like just doing the not just the recording and schedule where we're going to do it but actually going for the episode and writing the notes yeah. and that kind of stuff that's like well i'm working till this time then i've got to go here there so i've got like 20 minutes to watch the episode once and then you've got to find time to do the produce the content in the first place so whilst monica probably wouldn't do what this other woman would, is doing the yeah, woman can do it because she's stealing monica's money so yeah. she doesn't have to worry about, about <laughs> earning it right and i guess that's my point yeah, it's fair. And uh, we find the kind of everyone leaves, Rachel goes to her bed, and she gets up in the night and she finds Monica is still going over all of the statements. Monica, you are not still going over that thing. This woman's living my life. What? She's living my life and she's doing it better than me. <laughs> Look at this. Look. She buys tickets to plays that I want to see. She, she buys clothes at stores that I'm intimidated by the salespeople. She spent $300 on art supplies. You're not an artist. Yeah, well, I might be if I had the supplies. <laughs> I mean, I could do all this stuff, only I don't. Oh, Monica, come on, you do cool things. Oh, really? Okay, let's compare, shall we? Oh, it's so late for shall we. <laughs> do I go horseback riding in the park? Hmm? Do I take classes at the new school? No. no. <laughs> so unfair she's got everything i want and she doesn't have my mother she doesn't have a mother like, <laughs> that's, that's definitely worth adding in there yeah Monica. I, I think that's all, all she needs she doesn't need the money right just not judy <laughs> she doesn't have judy i mean I, I kind of i kind of understand where monica's coming from a little bit 
you'd, you'd be looking at these things like, oh my God, this woman is doing stuff I want to do. And it would frustrate you that you weren't doing them. Make you feel a bit insecure, I suppose. I, I guess so. It's also like the anxiety because it's like, it sounds really cool the stuff she's doing. But the reason Monica hasn't done a lot of it is because it's like, it's a lot harder to actually go and do it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's easy to like, oh, I want to do, I don't know, audition for a play, which is something we'll get to later. But it's like, well, it's a big deal doing that. Yeah, or, or same with just even holiday. We're like, I want to go on holiday, but you forget, oh, I've got to be on a flight for like 15 hours. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, well, do I know anything about going there? What do I need to get sorted out? Yeah. Like, it's a much bigger ordeal than just, you know, unless you're a millionaire, it's not a case of just, I'll leap on a plane and go here. No, exactly. Um, but, you know, I can, at the same time, I understand why she's stressing. Of course. But uh, we leave the apartment and we find... Joey and the Chan Chan Man at Central Park. Uh, they're trying to come up with a, a less, I guess, ethnic-sounding name for Joey. But I, I guess also there's there's got to be a Joey Tribbiani out there, right? No, I assume so. Yeah. Maybe because I, I know a lot of actors they have to have stage names because there's all, already another actor out there with their their name. Yeah, I mean, I think if it's a Joey, kind of just thinks his name is a bit generic um, and doesn't really stand out. I don't know. Like, does Joey Tribbiani sound like a? A non-actor name? I mean, if I suppose if you're in New York and there's a there's a strong Italian American community, it probably is a name you may have a, a name you may have had a lot of or similar sounding names. Yeah, I I don't think it'd be weird. Like if you just saw like Joey Tribbiani, that sounds like a cool actor name to me. Like it's not like John Smith, is it? It's, you think of most actors, they they all have kind of slightly interesting names, either through luck or because they've called themselves that. Yeah, look, I always, when I found out that an actor's name was a stage name, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, that's not that. And I'll look at their real name and go, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, when when, they're, when they're, they are named Marcel or something. Yeah, like, when it's like Brian Holland, and you're like, who's Brian Holland? I yeah. wouldn't hire Brian Holland. And you find that that's really like, I don't know, into actor name, Brad yeah. Pitt or whatever. And you're like, yeah. yeah, Brad Pitt's definitely a better name than Brian Holland. Yeah. Don't know if Brad Pitt is his real name, but when you've got his face, I don't think it really matters. But, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but still. Um, I find this episode really weird watching it back in kind of modern times um, because studies that have been done in the US by certain universities have actually shown that people who have more traditionally ethnic sounding names or names that sound like they come from certain communities do actually find it harder to find opportunities. That's I would say that's true as soon... Well, there's the meme, isn't there, of like someone trying to explain their foreign name over and over again and in the end the white person just goes, do you have an English name? Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's... It's funny because it's true, I guess, because, you know, as, as like English-speaking people, we know these names, but then you hear a foreign name, you're like, I don't know either how to make those sounds, like especially Dutch names, there's, there's like the rolling R yeah. that British people can't do because we don't roll out R's. Yeah. So you're like, I can't pronounce that or I don't know how to say it because it doesn't make sense. Even looking at like the letters, you don't say things the same way. No, I mean, to me, it's just lazy. Like, just learn. It is, yes. I mean, like, like you always should like take the time to learn someone's name, even if if it's difficult, or just apologize. Like, look, I'm gonna have trouble saying this. Yeah, I mean, with my job, I I see people of many different backgrounds, and there are times where I'll see a name that I have zero idea how to pronounce, but I'll I'll find the person I need to talk to, and then I'll ask them. I'll try and pronounce it, and then ask if I pronounced it correctly. And yeah. if I haven't, I'll apologize and ask how to pronounce it properly, and then make sure that I do pronounce it properly for the rest of the time I spend with that person. But I can totally understand why if you see a name like that you immediately would be like, oh, God, I'm not going to give them this opportunity because it's, it's more effort, right? And I'm not saying that's a good thing. No. But I can, I can totally see why, you know, in the studies that people with, like, more ethnic names get fewer opportunities because it's, 
it's a slight barrier, I guess, to someone. It was so insanely far-reaching, though, because it's not even necessarily names that are difficult to pronounce. So okay. if you're applying for a job at a bank and your name was like Winona Johnson, um, Johnson's traditionally like an African-American surname. Right. And it would be, oh, Johnson seemed even though, but they literally tricked the system. So they would send in like Johnson, like I don't know, African-American name with the exact same resume as like Clark Gifford. And then Clark Gifford would get off at the job and Johnson wouldn't purely right. based on or the mortgage or I mean this is I mean it was America so of yeah. course it's going to be a bigger issue there so yeah you you have to wonder you know a, a lot of it is probably going to be slight racism but you have to wonder how aware the person actually even is that they're being racist just through through that yeah that's the whole point of unconscious bias isn't yeah, it they, yeah. they, it's unconscious um, so I find it really interesting that Joey was trying to change his name to kind of increase his opportunities for getting work um, well you know would you hire like uh Joey Tribbiani or Max Strongman? Like, <laughs> definitely wouldn't hire Max Strongman. <laughs> would you not? I would. <laughs> I think I would. he was auditioning for a different kind of job. Like, what kind of role are you looking for, Max Strongman? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to. Uh, oh, what's what's Joey's alternative ego? Uh, Ken Adams. Ken Adams. There we go. Would no. you, would you hire Ken Adams? No, but, no, see, I wouldn't hire Ken Adams. It sounds generic. No, see, I. I as soon as I think Ken Adams, I think of like Superman. <laughs> That's just like the image in my head, right? How did you get Clark Kent from Ken Adams? No, yeah, but no, that's the image. I think, oh, he, you know, he's, he's an upstanding he's person with a suit on. A strong, powerful man yeah. who can but, do the job. But Joey's right. Like when you say the name Joey, it has a slight different connotation, right? It's not, it's not I guess, like a strong name. No, again, like Joey is one thing. Joe, something else. And then Joseph is, like Joseph to me sounds more kind of older and I guess respected. Joe sounds quite blunt and to the point, and Joey just sounds soft. Well, it's it's the, the Simpsons do this joke where they're like, oh, you know, there was names like Bruce and Julian. Those were the strongest names we had, and now they're all gay. And it's like, no, you can see like how like Bruce and Julian were like strong names, but in society it's changed. Yes. Well, you say Bruce and Julian. You say Bruce, and I made to think of Bruce Willis. Yes. So definitely going to like Hollywood Hardman type thing. Yeah. And you say Julian. And the first person I thought of was Julian Clary. <laughs> yes, exactly. <right>? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, well, that's definitely gone that way, I suppose. Yeah. So, so you know, whilst it's a, a, a Simpsons joke that, you know, might be problematic slightly, there is like elements of truth in names can change what people think of you. Yeah. So at first, this seems like a weird thing for Joey to be doing. But when you actually sit down and think about it, Kind of makes sense. Yes. Like, you know, what's in a name? Quite a lot, apparently. Yeah. Um, but because Chandler's his friend, he has some helpful suggestions for new names. So let's see what they are. How about Joey Peponi? Oh, still too ethnic. My agent thinks I should have a name that's more neutral. Joey Switzerland? <laughs> Plus, you know, I think it should be Joe. You know, Joey makes me sound like I'm oh, this big. Which I'm not. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe. Stalin? <laughs> Stalin. <laughs> Stalin. Do I know that name? That sounds familiar. Well, it does not ring a bell with me. Huh. <laughs> Joe Stalin. <laughs> you know, that's pretty good. <laughs> you might want to try Joseph. <laughs> Joseph Stalin. I think you'd remember that. Oh, yes. <laughs> bye Bye Birdie, starring Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin is the fiddler on the roof. 
Chandler is such a terrible friend. Like, I know he's doing it for his own amusement, but what a terrible friend to let your friend go through with that. Well, yeah, I suppose it depends. Like, at what point would you be like, Joey, just do some research on this name first? Like, well, I wouldn't tell you. If, if I told you to be Joseph Stalin, I wouldn't say, Mark, check it. I wouldn't say he was a dictator. I'd be like, Mark, do some research. Yeah. Just to make you come to your own reasoning. I feel like you should probably do your own research anyway, because you can easily get into trouble. Like, I know, I know especially in America... Uh, there's there's lots of people where they're like, if you type in my name, you get a serial murderer who's got the same name as me, and he pops up first. And so, like, you would want to check out any name you you enter that you're not related to something horrible. Yeah, I feel sorry for those people. It's tragic if a serial killers that are more interested in life than you are. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if he's topping your Google search, I'm like, oh, I, so, I need to achieve more. So, so one of my friends, uh, he had a similar name to someone on, I think it was Big Brother in the UK, and it turns out the person on Big Brother wasn't a very nice person. And when people would type in his name, they would find my friend's Twitter account and send him <laughs> horrible abuse. And he was just replying, going, I just have the same name as him. I'm not him. You can clearly see that from my profile picture. Like, I'm not him. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I won't put his name here in case people start sending messages. But uh, yeah, you've got to always be careful. So sometimes it, it can be good to have a, a slightly more unique name or, or a name that's just like so generic that so many people have it, you're fine. So we should have become Consuela Banana Hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we were all good. As long as no one else has that, we're okay, we're okay. right? But uh, yeah, I just it, this is classic. Sometimes Joey's dim-witted nature is overplayed and underplayed. Well, no, he's, he's not dim-witted in this. He's got street smarts, right? He's, he, he didn't learn this at school. I mean, I, I can't speak for the American school system. From American friends I have yeah. who've told me their school system, if it happened outside of the United States, they don't really learn about it. No. It's basically, oh, yeah, we left the country to go to war kick some butt and then came back. And there's basically as much as they learn of the outside of the United States. So I shouldn't be surprised he doesn't know who Joseph Stalin is. But it's Joseph Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> like, there are a couple of names in history. You know, obviously Joey's going to know who Hitler is. But the fact, <laughs> you know, like, you'd hope so. You can know who Hitler is and then how can you not know Stalin? Like, it's not like they're from radically different eras. No. Like, would he know Napoleon is? I'm like, who doesn't Joey know about? That's what I want, like, a whole episode of them just asking him about historical figures to see if he knows who they are. Well, once he gets all his uh, encyclopedia books, he yeah. will know everything, because he's, he's great at memorising stuff, just just not yeah. what it's about. That's fair, which is weird, because the school system is basically based around, can you memorise things? Yeah. So you'd think Joey would have actually done really well in school, but just been a bit real-world dim. Yeah, I, f- I think uh, he, he found women a bit earlier than he should have. Yeah, I didn't. So maybe that's, <laughs> no. maybe that's why I've got a bit more book smart because I didn't have to put them down to sleep with women. <laughs> After Joey's found his brand new name, he's tough, you know, taking the nonsense to a styling name. We're back at the girls' apartment and Phoebe and Rachel arrive to find Monica on the phone tracking down her imposter. This is a bit weird. Like, because she's, she's asking the bank, like, what, what this person's done. The bank don't normally give out this information. Well, I suppose it would be on the statement. So it would depend how it's billed. So if it was billed as like New York School of Tap, yeah. you'd be like, oh, I can find that. But most merchant IDs, especially nowadays, uh, will be like some letters and a code. Yeah. So the whole point is it kind of hides what you're buying if it needs to be hidden, which is customer data. <laughs> now it sounds like I'm going to dodgy websites, doesn't it? What have you been buying, Ryan? <laughs> Just like, but sometimes I'll look at my bank and I'm like, I don't know what like AZX42 is that's charged me seven ninety nine. dollars No, well, I, I had this the other day with Amazon where it's like, you have an Amazon Kindle charge. I'm like, I don't use a Kindle. And it turns out it was another payment related to Amazon, but they use different names for the same payments. Uh, I don't know. It's like, 
yep, I had pretty much the same thing. Your Prime payment came out, but it was I don't have Prime. Yeah. So I was like, well, I do. I just don't use my account. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was like, well, I don't have, what is this? And turns out it was an order I'd placed that because of where it was shipped from, according to Amazon, it actually came from there. So they built it as this. Yeah. So they told me initially, and then they hung up on me, and I called them back and found out, no, they just... The person whose Prime account I used card had declined and they billed me instead. Oh, okay. But, so, it, so it wasn't what they told me in the first place, but it was just confusing. Yes. But it, putting it back to the point, it is weird that she tries to track down the imposter. Yeah. Especially given that credit card fraudsters are criminals, and criminals tend to be potentially dangerous. Possibly, but also at the same time, like, I kind of get her need to do this because whenever it happens with the bank, they're just like, oh, yeah, we know who it is. You, here's your money back but it doesn't feel like closure They're like no I want to see them punished for this and I feel like Monica wants to like she wants to know more because she wants to know who this woman is living her f- fantasy life yeah and try to just find out you know does she, is she like her or not but also you know maybe there's a punishment element I guess I mean it's so commonplace nowadays that I mean I remember when I was a teenager and would have like any of something weird on my statement. I'd go see my bank and it would be this really long drawn out process where we'd have to go through my statement and then examine all my direct debits and then I'd have to they'd look at like what car what cash points my car be and it would take it took about ninety minutes of like going through forms and they'd make me sign each form to say like this confirms you did this spending and circle the ones I didn't recognise. It took forever. And now you call the bank and say, I don't recognise this transaction. Within a day the money's back in your account. Yeah. They launch an investigation and then you get the results of the investigation. Not oh, yeah, someone did rip you off. But if they do think it's fraud, they'll just go, okay, we'll issue a new card and give you the money back. It's so yeah. commonplace. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's very odd. But they discover that imposter Monica is going to tap class. So all of the girls are going to tap class. And what do you do at a tap, uh, a tap class? You dance a dance class, Monica. <laughs> yeah. Which is such a great line. I was like, you don't watch a dance class. You dance a dance class. I bet there are theatre people like that. Who, of course, You yeah. take everything so insanely seriously. But uh, you know a little bit of a tidbit, Mark. You got like, East Trivia. You're the trivia man today. Do I? Oh, yes, do. I do. I do. So uh, when Rachel, Monica and Phoebe actually go to the, the first dance class, the words uh, New York City Ballet can be seen on the wall, which is also uh, the one which Chandler in the one with the Christmas in Tulsa uh, gives his like staff a Christmas bonus. And it has like a letter saying there, you know, a donation has been made on your behalf to the New York City Ballet. Uh, so it, same place potentially right i guess they could potentially train there maybe i don't know so i have another story i actually did this once (laughs) to people uh, at work so we was doing um it was going to be secret santa and there was only about four or five of us in the office and i was like well i don't want to give one thing to one person so i'd rather give you know small gift to sort of everyone right and to hide the fact that i was doing this uh, I gave it everyone a letter first and it said, you know, a donation has been made in your name of £20 to uh, the Essex Ballet because that's where we were based. And the look on their faces, like, it was like, oh, <laughs> why are you giving us a letter saying you've donated £20 to something we don't care about? And But it's the fact they... They they lied as well. They're like, oh, thank you, Mark. This is like so generous and kind of you. <laughs> this is such a wonderful gift that you've done this. And I was like laughing. Um, 
instead I actually gave them like actual unique gifts. Fair. But but for the, the few minutes while they were opening and reading, is it like trying to like keep it in out their disappointment? So at Christmas, the time of brotherhood and you know joy, you decided yeah. to troll your colleagues. Yeah, well, well, Chandler like basically did it uh, unintentionally, and I thought it was funny. So why not do it? Fair. I suggest you all do it as well. I mean, I've never been to the ballet, so I don't know if I'd appreciate my Christmas gift one year from you being a donation to the ballet, but I don't think I'd be upset by it. I'd be like, oh, okay. I think you would, because you'd be like, I would rather have that £20. I think, it, I think it would depend what everyone else got. If I got a donation to be made in your name to something, right. but then the person next to me got like an N64, <laughs> 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 I'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> like, why have they got this? Is this 1997 again? Why haven't I got a cool present and they got a cool present? Yeah, it, I, I think there is some things where you could be like, if it goes to a certain charity, you'd be like... I can't really argue this because like I seem mean spirited. But then there's some stuff like if you went to to ballet that you have no interest in, be like, well, they're not that needy. Well, yeah, if it's a charity, fair enough, it's a charity. It depends what type of charity is. What yeah. is my point, I guess. But yeah, if it's like oh, we've donated twenty pounds to the national axe throwing championship, yeah. <laughs> like, well, what, what do I care? Yeah. At least if it was someone I liked, or you got a, a title or a name, or there's like, oh, you know, you you get to be on their board somewhere, right? Yeah, look, there's fine. now a bench yeah. <laughs> with your name <laughs> yeah. on it. It's a bit but different, isn't it? Sorry. At least if it was personalised. I think if you're going to do that kind of thing, it needs to be personalised. So yes. if you were like, Ryan, we've donated £20 to this rat charity, I'd be like, oh, cool, I like rats, that's cool. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you gave that to, say, our friend Neil, for instance, he'd be like, I don't care. Yeah, I they don't like rats. don't like rats. Where, you know, if it was a cat sanctuary, you'd be like, yay. But the exact opposite, <laughs> you'd be like, if you could mix them up, you'd give Neil a donation to a rat sanctuary, <laughs> yeah. and we want the cats, and we're like, do you want to just swap? Yeah. <laughs> Well, they join the dance class because, as informed very sassily by the instructor, you have to dance a dance class. Uh, Monica, she can cook, but she got in a rhythm. No. She, she's, I mean, I don't know why I say that, like, people who have watched me know this. <laughs> we've, we've seen the dance yeah. with, uh, with Ross, but she's not getting it. Phoebe's is getting it. Well, she's getting into it, I guess. She's not dancing. She does it her own, own way, right? Yeah. Which I'm there for. Like, I'm always there for Phoebe's quirky nature, and she's enjoying herself and... In my mind, that's what matters. Hmm. Um, but it turns out Rachel, she's smashing it. You could probably understand that as a young age, she probably did do ballet classes, like coming from her background. Yeah, and she was the cheerleader, so she's used to memorising routines probably pretty quickly. Yeah. So it makes sense. It's just it's just quite entertaining to me that Monica was so terrible at it. Like, I haven't learned the routine. Maybe that's something for Patreon when we eventually get there. I will learn the tap routine from this episode. Oh. Uh, how much would that one be? <laughs> I don't have to. A pound. Shoes. Yeah, I'll just super glue some paper clips on <laughs> <Yeah>. my trainers. <laughs> Put some nails in, right? Yeah, we'll get there. Um, but while they're like faffing about dancing, um, a woman arrives late and bustles into the dance studio. Uh, let's see who that is. It's okay. It's okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm so sorry. I'm late. Okay, here I am. So, who's the new tense girl? She's your partner. Hi, Hi, I'm Monica. Oh, Monica. <laughs> oh, hi, I'm Ma Nana. Manana. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dutch. You're kidding. I, I spent three years in Amsterdam. Mag ik deze dans van u? Pennsylvania Dutch. So Ryan. Uh the Dutch, can you can you say that again for us? Like I'm not. I'm not even going to try to pronounce. I can see it here, but I'm not going to try to pronounce. But it's basically, uh, would you like to dance with me? Fair. So you know, nice. At least it's fitting. You yeah. Know. 
Imagine if it had been like, I'm stealing all your money, I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? But uh, that is the imposter. Yeah, I, I, I don't get the... Well, I kind of get the Pennsylvania Dutch stuff, but that's, that's a very specific American reference. It's one of these weird things that confuses me about America because there aren't many countries as patriotic as America, and Americans love being American. Yeah. But at the same time, they're weirdly obsessed with their ancestry and heritage. So they're like, oh, I'm... Like when Americans say they're, especially New Yorkers say they're Irish and everyone in Ireland rolls their eyes and like, no, no, you're not. And <laughs> no. they're like, oh, well, we're from it. It's like, but it's odd to me that they're so fiercely proud of being American, but then also love to tell you about where their family tree comes from. Oh, well, yeah. So anytime you meet someone abroad, if, if, if let's say we met someone abroad, they'd be like, oh, where are you from? You would probably go with England. Yep. The country you might say the city, but probably not. If they ask you, you just be like, oh, "I'm from England." Americans do not go. I'm from America. They tell you the city, the state, the <laughs> university <laughs> they went to, just just like the house number, everything. Um, yeah, it's 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 impressive and kind of fun. Like they they assume we know every single state, and like I kind of do from Simpsons and Friends and whatever else, right? Yeah. But if you tell someone, "I live in Birmingham in the UK," like Alabama. No, I, I told you it's UK. Yeah. I'll, I'll say England. England. Like, is that in Scotland? No, no, no. England's different to Scotland. And don't, don't you try to get started on explaining the difference between the UK and Britain? Yeah, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> And the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth. Yeah, oh my God, you'd be there a week. Um, but that's funny. I, I do kind of envy Americans' complete lack of any idea what a stranger is. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's a bit general. There's a lot of Americans who have their knowledge, but... But it's just, it's just, they're so, you know, gregarious and friendly. It's, it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's, I'd, I'd love the detail because I always think America is like Europe, where every state is completely different to another one. Yeah. And you go, yes, I'm American. But it's like, no, no, your, your state in, you know, California is way different to New York. Like, just the shops, the people, you know, everything. Yeah, if you're so, from Oklahoma, you probably look at people from California and go, they're all mental. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do kind of like it when, when people, Go into that kind of detail of where they're from. I mean, most of my knowledge of American geography is based on NHL teams. So I'll, <laughs> I'll meet an American and they'll be like, oh, I'm from, you know, Texas. And I'm like, hmm, that's the Dallas Stars. <laughs> Anywhere near Dallas? And they go, no, I'm here. And I'm like, I don't know where that is. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Texas is a huge state and yeah. they'll be from some tiny town that's got like 600 people in it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just like the idea of playing a game of like, how many names that I have to drop of places until like you find somewhere I recognise. I'm like, that place, yes, they've got a team. That'll do. Because it's, it's kind of funny how she thinks Monica's uh, Amish. Like, obviously, she, she's based on what she says, where she's from. Yeah. But just looking at you, you wouldn't have thought that at all. No, I mean, well, yeah, she doesn't look Amish, does she? No. The way uh, she's dressed. And that's quite an interesting culture. It's something I would like to know a bit more about. Because it is so weird to think of, like especially in you know 2021 there is a bunch of people out there who don't believe in like electricity and tools and stuff like that and just have their own little nice society i, mean, I don't know if it's nice um i suppose they present it as nice to me yes. it sounds insanely controlling and isn't particularly great for women from yes stuff i've read um but it is strange um yeah it's, it's so far removed from anything we have knowledge of because we don't have that here I feel like I probably wouldn't mind an Amish holiday where maybe I spent like a week or 10 days just cut off from technology and, you know, I don't know, get my hands dirty in the soil <laughs> or whatever. Um, but I definitely couldn't live like it. I mean, we couldn't make our podcast no. if we were Amish, Mark. No, We'd we, have to no. leave and get like shunt. We, we, well, at least we'd be able to see our listeners because they would have to be in front of us to listen to us talk. 
that'd be great. We could like live sessions <laughs> yes. in a barn while we sat on some hay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the story of friends that I made up because I've never seen that show. But we don't watch telly. <laughs> Maybe it'll just be like really dramatic biblical readings where <laughs> Maybe. that's what you'd have. <laughs> we leave imposter Monica, real Monica and the girls at their dance class. And uh, we find the boys at Central Park and Ross explaining that Marcel humping things isn't a phase and that the vet told him that Marcel has reached sexual maturity, which, you know, Joey gets in a great burn here saying, oh, he beat you to Chandler. <laughs> which... it's, it's such a, like, a subtle joke, that one. <laughs> it is. That's the best burns when they're like, yeah. you know, really quick and you know, you're not making a point of it. It's just quick shot, carry yeah. on with conversation. <laughs> I mean... We're all, we all laughed too much. If we did a quick burn, there'd be about eight minute gap in conversation where we laughed about yeah, it. Yeah, would be. <laughs> and then carried on. Um, what I'm really curious about is, who is this vet? Where are they? What's going on? So we've already been told that Marcel is an illegal animal and Ross shouldn't have him. So where has Ross found his kind of black market underground vet that's willing to see Marcel? Online. He's just put it on a forum somewhere. <laughs> My monkey keeps humping things. <laughs> We've got some. <laughs> Please old... help solve it. Would we even have digital cameras back then? No, uh, really it, 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 uh, Yahoo Answers. That's where he put it. Yeah, it's just like uh, <laughs> definitely not QAnon. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, what, where's this vet? Like, well, we well we discussed this before. He bought it off someone, so he must know someone who knows a vet that can help. It's all sounding very black market and dodgy to me. Maybe he visited the Tiger King. Maybe he yeah, knew about him yeah. before everyone else. Just making Ross seem like a giant criminal. Yeah, it's it's weird when you start thinking about it and going into it, you're like this gets dark very quickly. Yeah, it does to be fair. Like, let's not go down that like, right, well, monkey hole, I guess, in this yeah. case. Um, but then Ross drops the bombshell. Like, he's going to have to give Marcel up. Yep. Which, you know, does suck. Um, you know, as, as much as it's an illegal pet, you know. You've you've grown fun to it. You've got attached. We've all we've all lost pets in our lives. Um, it, you know, it's never a nice time. No. But what I love about this, we get a great little transition shot in New York, which is always nice when they just have like random footage of New York. It's a great city. We've been multiple times. Um, but then we get a brilliant sight gag, and you don't get many sight gags on TV nowadays. Where you find Jerry Ross and Chandler sat as the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil monkeys, respectively. Um, it's just great. It's just one of those things that. You, you only get it if you know what it is or recognise it. Otherwise, just like, oh, they, they just are like, you know, they're sad about the situation. I guess. Yeah, I mean, to me, the, the camera lingers on the shot a li- little bit too long. I think my brain would be like, what am I missing if I didn't know what it was? Because yeah. it's, it's not, like, so they don't cut to the scene and then suddenly they're having a conversation. It, the shot's held for, you know, a good few seconds. Yeah. So I think you would probably twig that you've missed something, even if you didn't know what. But yeah, great. Yeah. Sight gags are always worth having. Um We've got a little clip about the explanation for what's going on. I can't believe it, Ross. This sucks. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, you just got him. How could he be an adult already? I know, I know. I mean, one day he's this little thing, and then before you know it, he's this little thing. I can't get off my leg. <laughs> Isn't there any way you can keep him? No, no. The vet says that unless he's in a place where he has regular access to some... Monkey loving. He's just gonna get vicious. You know, I, I, I've just gotta get him into a zoo. How do you get a monkey into a zoo? I know that one. No, that's Pope's into a Volkswagen. Well, we're applying to a lot of them, and naturally, our first choice would be one of the bigger state zoos. You know, like. Uh, San Diego, oh, right? 
But that may just be a pipe dream, because, you know, he's out of state. <laughs> uh, my, my vet uh, knows someone at Miami, so, so that's a possibility. Yeah, but that's like two blocks away from the beach. I mean, it's a total party zoo. I love this scene. It's, I mean, we've already seen that Marcel has been used as a way of Ross coming to terms with his impending fatherhood. And now we get the kind of classic, what school do I want my kid to go to? Just, you know, through the I, lens of a zoo. I do think that's a little bit of an American thing of like, you know, are they, they going to go to Harvard? Whereas here it's like, it, if you're not from the right background, you're not going to Oxford. <laughs> like, you, you get what you're given sort of thing. Whereas there it's kind of very aspirational. Yeah, you'd have to get a very very specific set of circumstances, either positively or negatively, to probably get into Oxford. Yeah. Um, you're unlikely to if you're from a poorer social background, yeah. unless you happen to have a teacher that really, really pushes you for it, and then I guess essentially they kind of balance out the people they take yeah. at universities in England nowadays. Um, but yeah, I mean, I imagine weird it would be being told, oh, you can't come to this university because you're from outside the county. Yeah. Which I guess is as close as we get to states. Yeah, because there's all scholarships and stuff like that in America, which we don't really have here yes i wish i'd i mean i don't know what sports i would have been good enough at. i think <laughs> i think if britain had the same kind of attitude to sports that america has i probably could have gone to uni on a scholarship of some sport because okay. i like sport i was just these not the sports that england likes to play so we've got to choose between this guy who scores lots of goals and ryan who likes sports <laughs> yeah pretty much it's just okay well i don't i'm not particularly good at football don't like playing cricket um, so all the kind of cliche English sports anyone liked was rugby and we couldn't play rugby in our school um, so one of my little achievements was that during a game of rugby in year 9 I tackled a kid and gave him a hernia <laughs> so we were banned from playing contact rugby we had to play touch rugby instead I, I don't know how to respond to that it happened I'm just saying so you know, there, were no, there were no sports in the UK that I could have got a scholarship on not that we no. do that it's I mean I give, I give hernias to people <laughs> it just happened it wasn't my fault he was, was like 14 times the size of me but Ryan, like young nerdy Ryan that liked some sports, always saw contact sports as a way of I can wallop the popular kids legally and fairly <laughs> and they can't get upset because that's not cricket. Like, <laughs> like if I tackle you in rugby and you get annoyed, well, it's just a game. Yeah. Like, but I don't know why I thought that the, like, the bullies essentially would find it acceptable for nerdy Ryan to whomp them onto the floor in the context of the sport. But for some <laughs> reason, they did. It was just this weird, weird thing where it was a, it was a sport, it was a football pitch, a pitch, whatever. Whatever happened still on the pitch, there were no consequences. But if I'm mouthed off in maths class, I'm getting jumped after school. Sir, I'd off my cap to you, but that was a, a physical contact in the game of sport. You know, that is totally separate from... The- <laughs> yeah, it sounds weirdly civilised, but it, that's just how my school was. Oh, okay. I, I, said, oh, right. I thought it was just like you in your head. We're like, no, no. No, like, These are the rules and the logic. They must follow the rules. I, I loved playing rugby as a kid. I wasn't a big kid, but this the kid I gave Hernie was like twice my size. And yeah. I brought him down. He was basically a spear from wrestling. I just went in and just dropped him. But I would squash all of the popular kids all the time because I would just really aggressively tackle them. Um, so it was always quite fun. But yeah, there were never any consequences from rugby. But again, I would mouth off in the middle of a classroom and then I was getting punched after school. But yeah, <laughs> massive tangent. <laughs> Do like my tangents. Um, um, I, I think it's time for an ad break. Yeah, Andy will go down there. That's quite a fitting place. <laughs> Welcome to Casual Magic, the show where we explore the fun side of Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Shivan Putt, and each week we delve into everything from casual format to explorations of creatures and card types to interviews with designers of the game. At Casual Magic, we believe that it just isn't magic without the gathering. Come along and play! 
Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast, we ask the tough questions. Killing a Rayman, whatever that may be, is that really so bad? Like, no, is he I even mean, alive? Like, do we know? <laughs> he I, I, he, he might have be any like desires, it. Cal? Does he have any dreams? We're ranking the top games of all time, and it's not a task we take lightly. There are three Battletoads, Drash, Zits, and Pimple. Uh, they're all skin problems, good. Two of them are the same skin problem. This has always bothered me. <laughs> Zits, Rash, and Eczema. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, <laughs> even that makes more sense. Hardcore Gaming 101, twice a week, every week. Subscribe at greenlitpodcast.com. We're back, Ryan. Yes, I know the advert has carefully put us back on track and got me off my tangent. Um, the girls arrive at Central Park, uh, joining the boys, um, and it's when they found the imposter and took her to lunch. And Rossi is very upset by this because the girls have befriended a stealer. Yeah, because, you know, uh, illegal animal owner is perfectly fine, but a stealer's bad. Yeah, I just I just love that Ross is a doctor and he uses the phrase a stealer. Yeah. Like, he gets so emotionally invested in what he's talking about. He's like, like, grammar just disappears and he makes up words. Which is funny because when he said a stealer, my brain went straight to, you know, sports, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, no, you mean to thief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say thief, Ross. Um, but yeah, it's a very odd thing for the girls to have done. Would you befriend a criminal that defrauded you, Mark? If you're trying to find out more about them, right? Well, that like, sounds vaguely sinister, but yeah. No, no, but that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what she's trying to do. So I, I can see why you do it, where you're like, okay, let's go to lunch because, you know, we need to get more information undercover, right? But, but the girls are very clearly charmed by her at this point. They're like, she's amazing and we love her. And They are, because I, I feel like Phoebe would have done something stupid by now with, like, reflective sunglasses and, like, just being, like, totally over the top and giving it all away. Yeah, like, if they knew it was a work or a grift, yeah. Phoebe would have, yeah, you're right, she would have messed it up somehow. And been like, we don't need to know where you live or just something to give the yeah. game away. Yeah. Um, but then we get in this stealer, as Ross calls her, is now at Monica's and they appear to make a huge sandwich that I'm convinced Joe would be able to sense being made. <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> this could be an audition. He just goes, huh? huh? <laughs> it's it's yeah. Who's going to eat this sandwich? It's, it's got to feed at least multiple people. Well, the, the gang away there, so why not, right? It's not the point of the scene at all, but it's all I could focus on <laughs> was how big this sandwich was. But Monica's recounting a story about it being thrown up at a hotel um, to Rachel, which Rachel's like, oh my God, like this, 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 this is you. You're not, you're not Monica. Who was the real Monica type thing? Because um, now Monica's living this crazy life. Now she's hanging out with imposter Monica. Yeah. I can't be bothered to call Monica Manana. It's, 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 it's just really difficult to pronounce for obvious reasons, right? Yeah, it's, it's just not enjoyable. So I'm going to constantly label <laughs> Monica as Monica and imposter as imposter because it's just easier. Oh, I am. <laughs> yeah, whichever way. But then Rachel leaves to go pour, pour some coffee, do a job that she's still terrible at. Um, and the imposter informs real Monica that tomorrow they'll be auditioning for a Broadway show. Okay, I can't get this. We, we've all got these friends where they suggest crazy things and you're like, we can't do that, but you're like, but it would make a good story or a fun time. Like, you kind of want to just do the fun bit, but not the beginning bit of the anxiety of doing it or the end bit where you're going to get caught potentially doing it. Do you want to audition for a show, Mark? I have no interest in ever auditioning for a show. We can do this. I have <laughs> friends who work at theatres. I have a friend who could put us on stage. We can go and we could be in a play. They're always telling me that I should be an actor. Uh, I, I feel like you could. I'd, I'd be like Monica where I'm just like, Memo! <laughs> and then I get pulled off stage with, with an overly long, you know, hook. Yeah. <laughs> I have been told several times I should be an actor, but I don't have the, the patience or the memory for it. No, I, I could never remember scenes. Like improv, maybe, but an actual, like, remember an entire script. Like, I love Shakespeare, but the idea of me memorising an entire play, 
to then stand on stage. And, like, you know. I, I hated doing school plays as a kid, and I think most kids do, because you're just like forced to do something you have no interest in that the, the one music teacher really loves to do. Your parents don't care. Like, they're always terrible plays. And, and I remember one, it was it involved, I think it was like 40 Towers kind of rip-off. Oh my God, what school did you go to? Yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> I, I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember like it was a play on like that sort of thing with like Nazis, but they were like the funny Nazis, right? Um, and there was a scene where like I was in it and I was one of the Nazi people and I was meant to say like something humorous, but I wasn't paying attention on the stage and just forgot. And everyone <laughs> stared at me for quite a long period of time. And then someone nudged me. So I was like, uh, yeah. And everyone laughed. They thought it was really funny. Oh, you uh, so so like that was funny it came off okay there's like oh he's meant to be playing that like that stupid nazi character <laughs> who is clean up there and just says the funny lines right <laughs> just like you got to had to play a nazi in your school play yeah I, yeah like i say it's like it, it wasn't 40 tales but it's like based on that kind of comedy with you know i mean it could have been a lower low from the same day it, it might it might have been right it, it was something to based on that but uh yeah so i spent weeks and weeks trying to remember this like one line and totally screwed it up by not paying attention and got a bigger laugh by not doing the line at all. Better that I know the teacher that wrote the play. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> like, don't, don't mess with the material. Read it as it's written. Probably, but I think if you get a laugh, everyone's just like, no, 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 good, go with it. I, I planned all that. Perfect. I, did, I knew it. I taught him all he knows. Because when, when you do school plays, you're always like, I want the lead part because you want to be known as like the lead. You don't want to be the sheep or the tree, right? No, but ultimately, you don't want to be the lead part because you've got to do the most work if you're the lead. I think I was in one school play, and in our school play, I was the lead. Right. Um, we did our school production of Bill and Ted. Okay. Which, that, that sounds way more interesting than what we're doing. And I was Bill or Ted. Don't remember which one I was. Um, which, I don't know, seven-year-old with Ryan's probably quite funny, seeing as I'm probably more like Bill or Ted now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they knew this is what you're going to become. Like, he's just going to be this kind of dude. Um, I don't remember much of it. I remember we didn't have much of a set. I think we used, like, PE equipment for, like, the... <laughs> What was it called? Those weird, like, pommel horse type things. Pommel, like, those boxes that you'd fold yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we used one of those and we had to, like, walk, it was on its side and we had to walk into it and pretend it was the phone booth. Oh, you couldn't even, like, get a bit of cardboard? Nope, it was. <laughs> what school did you go to then? <laughs> it wasn't. A, I won't name and shame them, but, yeah, we, did, we didn't have much of a prop budget, put it that yeah. way. But then the imposter's explaining to Monica how she became so brave. And then also explains the end of, or he spoils the end, rather, of Dead Poet Society. Yeah, I found that, I guess, a bit weird now, where you're like, she's just spoiled like a film on TV to everyone, but it's old now, so it's fine. But I've never seen it, and no. I always think about watching it, and I never get round to it. And then I've watched this episode. I, it's literally, I bought it probably two weeks ago okay. on iTunes, and I've been trying to find time to watch it, but keep getting distracted by anime. And then I watched this episode, and she said it. I was so angry. <laughs> it's just like, I knew she was a criminal. And I was just like, really? I'm like, now I've essentially wasted the four ninety nine dollars costume to buy this film. Because I don't need to watch it now, because she spot the ending. It's, yeah, it's a shame, because if you hadn't done this podcast, then that wouldn't have gone into your mind, I guess. Yeah, and I'm like, great. Now, now I'm going to remember this the entire way through. I mean, I'll still watch the movie, but I'll just be like, oh, great, so you're going to die at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, then, we then find Phoebe, who's playing a Game Boy, Mark. What, what, what game is she playing? I don't, she doesn't tell I us. To know. I mean, I'm going to assume it's is, Tetris. Is, is there Pac-Man or Space Invader noises? Because that's the way you know someone's playing a video game. I'm going to assume it's Tetris. Okay. It's always Tetris on Game Boy. It's like the, that and Mario are the only games people owned. 
I think no. Game Game Boy was very popular, and obviously Pokemon. But this is before Pokemon. Um, Not but that it's, far to be. It's only what a couple of years, isn't it? It's a couple of years, yeah. But it's it's always interesting watching people play video games on TV because they've either not got a cartridge in their handheld handheld console, or like I say, you get the Pac Man or Space Invaders noise because people go, "Well, video games are that, right?" It's like, no, not anymore. No. What annoys me the most, especially on when you're watching people play modern consoles, is that clearly the director doesn't understand how gaming works because they give people a control pad and then the actors are mashing the buttons like they're playing Street Fighter, but they're not, it's no kind of coherent button pressing. It's just, let's press every button as fast as I can with all my fingers. You can tell they're not playing a game or they are leaning into corners and moving the controller as if they're acting some way. So, but people don't generally do that. It's one of my pet peeves. We've got the whole sound doesn't travel through the apartment thing. Yep. And then when people, Phoebe does a pretty convincing job of looking like she's playing the Game Boy. She could have been actually playing the Game Boy, I suppose. Yeah. But in most TV, especially in British TV, they're just smashing the buttons together and it drops. I'm like, no <laughs> game has that control scheme. What are you playing? No. It's like Big Bang V has an episode where they're playing Halo, which is one of my favourite game franchises of all time. And they show footage of Halo and then the, the dialogue and the script says things that don't happen or you can't do in Halo. And I know that yeah. obviously someone's just gone in and edited some game footage from like the production team, but it just annoys me. It's like, if you're going to reference nerd stuff, this is where Big Bang Theory started to lose me as a show because it was like, oh, well, we're going to mention nerd things but not know anything about nerd things. Yeah. So it's not a show for nerds anymore. Yeah. But still, back to friends. Channel um, <laughs> Rachel and Ross and Marcel are all opening replies from the zoos they got into. And uh, Joe makes a discovery about his stage name. Let's have a little listen. Yeah, what is that discovery? Oh, God. We didn't get into Scranton. That was like our safety zoo. They take, like, dogs and cows. See, I don't know who this is harder on, me or him. I'd say that chair's taking the brunt of <laughs> Marcel, 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 no. Good boy. See, how can nobody want him? No, oh, somebody will. You know, there already is a Joseph Stalin. <laughs> Apparently, he was this Russian dictator who slaughtered all these people. You'd think you would have known that. You know, you'd think I would have. Phoebe, what do you think a good stage name for me would be? Flame Boy. Yard High Flame Boy. Yard High Flame Boy. <laughs> I just love the excitement when she says does. She does great with, like, when she comes up with names. Yeah, it's like, Flame Boy. Like, <laughs> it's exciting. Like... <laughs> I don't think I've ever said, anyone's ever said my name that excitedly. Someone's like, Ryan! Like, no. Flame Boy definitely gets, <laughs> gets the win. The, the, those poor women you've been with. <laughs> Your mind always take it, take it down that path. It doesn't need to go down. But, never, well, I was thinking that they're never excited by you, but you've made it just worse than that now. <laughs> what I want to know is, who told Joey that Joseph Stalin already exists? I, fi- I feel like when he's like gone to the producers or whatever and gone they've gone to Joseph and they've like really 
Or maybe Estelle. I perhaps. hope. I, I want a scene where Estelle has to explain to Joey who Joseph Stalin, Russian dictator, is. Oh, if, if I could do the voice right now of Estelle, <laughs> yeah. I, need, I need to smoke a, smoke a ton of cigarettes first. <laughs> it's fantastic. I just love it. But yeah, I mean, he's so outraged that someone stole his name. It's fair. Yeah. Well, it's. He isn't even outraged at Chandler, which he really should be. Yeah, like, Ch- Chandler should have been like, "Hey, Joey, maybe, maybe don't." I mean, Joey's so trusting; he would, he would never, it would never occur to him that Chandler had basically set him up for embarrassment. Well, it's it's little things like this that that mean that Chandler can never win the best friend award because he does do nasty things like this. Well, yeah, I, I, I think it's. I don't like, even think it's nasty. But. It's not inherently that, but I think. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose he thinks at no point is Joey actually going to get to the point where he's referring to himself as Joseph Stalin because the first time he says, oh, I'm Joseph Stalin, they're going to go, is that really your name? Yeah, but he knows Joe, Joey, so come on. Yeah, and yeah, I, there should have been like a safety valve at some point where he'd been like, Joey, no, you actually can't use that name. Like before you'd left the cafe, been like, Joey, can't have Stalin. Yeah. Like, you know, just don't use it. Like, like I've, I've said things to, to American friends where I've just like gone with it. Like in Amsterdam, there's lots of uh, metal bars on the floor where uh, stairs are. Mm. And it's it's meant for your bike because you have your bike in, in Amsterdam. And it's meant to be an easy way to take your bike up like stairs outside and whatever. And I would tell American friends, oh, that's for like the wheelchair users. <laughs> so they can get down the stairs. They'd be like, really? That's really, really cool. And I'm like, mm-hmm. What are they doing? Just grinding down <laughs> <Yeah>. the rail? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the same way, like, you know, Australians would be like, you know, watch out for drop bears. You've got to be really careful about those drop bears out there. And like non-Australians are like, drop bears, oh, what, what are drop bears? And like, oh, they're these like, they're like koala bears, but they're bigger and their claws are like really dangerous. And now they just fall out the trees on you. And anyone who's not Australian is like, oh, it's going to kill me because Australia's full of like death and horror from all the poisonous animals. You can see why like, you know, non-Australians would buy it. Because yes. everyone else in Australia <laughs> yeah. wants you dead. Yeah. So of course there's a bear that leaps at me out of trees. But I, I feel like when I've done stuff like that, it's it's harmless. Like someone's not gone to a job and ruined their job interview <laughs> because they're saying something stupid. That's why they're still going to like a park ranger in Queensland. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've got the drop bears. Sir. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, I've mentioned drop bears to a couple of Australians, like family members or friends. Mm. And it's almost like they seem to think that no one knows it's a prank. Like, like they'll go, oh yeah, drop bears, and like they laugh with you, and it's like, you know, I know they're not real. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not that koalas aren't real and terrifying enough, anyway. Like koalas are not terrifying. They're terrifying. Have you never seen like aggressive koalas? <laughs> yeah, but most koalas don't do anything. They're, they're horrible. Like I would rather fight a drop bear, the mythical drop bear, <laughs> over a real koala any day. I sort of be... Well, because you're punching a teddy bear, basically. Well, yeah, look, the koalas are hideous. I don't like them. <laughs> These, like, of all the things in Australia that I probably want to encounter the least, probably angry koalas top of that list. Right. When we go to Australia, I'm going to gonna show you koalas. Plus, like, imagine that story. Oh, what happened? Oh, I had to knock out a koala. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a good look, is like, it? If you're like, what happened? I chinned a kangaroo. You'd be like, yeah, they can be hench. Fair enough. Kangaroos <laughs> yeah. are dangerous. Or I had to, you know, shoot a crocodile or whatever. The rest of the animals have this, like, weird <laughs> level of appreciation slash danger slash respect i guess where if you had to you know tussle with one people yeah. would be like oh yeah yeah i punched a fuzzy bear in the face i, I could imagine the squeaky noise it makes <laughs> as you punch it but there was this i saw a video a couple of weeks ago it's like really jacked up looking like hench koala who was really mad that some other koala was trying to climb his tree so he climbed down his tree and they just, just stood there like they had roid rage and like giant like brock lesnar style necks and shoulders and i'm like that's terrifying and then the person filming He'd just like turn around on the person and was like squaring up to them, like, what are you gonna do? That's my and I was like, What is this koala doing? You're not cute. 
weird. <laughs> Don't like him. Keep him away from me, Mark. I will do. In fact, the next character we're about to mention, he might have some drop bears of his own or koalas. We then find Ross at Central Perk, and after facing the rejection of not getting into Scranton, he's chatting to a Dr. Baldharan, who is also Harry Shearer, the voice of Mr. Burns, and many other classic Simpson characters. I did not realise this at the time, right? Which surprises me, because I heard his voice and went, wait a minute, this voice is familiar. And then I saw the face and was like, ooh, I know this dude from somewhere. And it was familiar enough for me to Google it and check who it was. And then when I saw that it was Harry Shearer, I was like, oh my God, Mark would be going crazy because Mark yep. loves The Simpsons and it was all The Simpsons things in the world. So the fact you didn't is quite surprising no, to yeah, me. No, yeah, I, I had no idea. Like, he, he's the man of a million voices. Um, Harry Shearer is an odd one to me because he's such, like, an old curmudgeon. And that disappoints me. <laughs> what did you want him to be? Well, I've, I've, I wanted him to be... Uh, I forget his name now. Uh... Hank Azaria, yeah, Hank like Azaria, yeah, suave and cool. Yeah, like like just a nice guy. But but Hank is uh, Harry Shearer. Um, he he really doesn't like talking about the Simpsons. He doesn't want to do anything about the Simpsons, like anything like that's not the Simpsons TV show. So like rides or video games or anything. He does not want to do them. And like part of this is like part of his co- contract previously, where they're like you can only be on the Simpsons because we need you here all the time. Mm. And he wanted to. Do other things be known for other things and he he is known for loads of things but he's he's one of those like famous people where you're like i would love to meet them and talk to them but if you spoke to him it sounds like he would be very dismissive and doesn't care that you're a fan and that always disappoints me like i feel like anyone who cares about your work you should be proud of like kind of what you've done for them yeah i guess i mean i suppose when you're like i mean the classic example to me is always so much i and buffy mm. Where after the show finished for years, she didn't want to be known as, you know, so much like from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She didn't want to really do any fan conventions and just wanted to separate herself as much as she could from the show. And I was like, that's a bit rude. But I kind of get it as an actor. You're like, no, that was just a job to me. Like the same with the Friends cast. Yeah. As much as we love the show and they may have fun memories, it is just their job. Um, so if you had, like, if. If you had, like, you know, people were coming to you, Mark, Mark, that remember when you used to work at that gaming retail store? That was amazing. And you'd be like, yeah, I do this great work now. And they'd be like, no, no, let's talk about when you worked at game. And <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I kind of get that a little bit. At the same time, like, any anyone who's, I don't know, supportive of you in any way, you should be very grateful for. Because without them, you wouldn't be anywhere. Yeah, I think most actors eventually get to the point where they realise, you know what, I do, I am actually really thankful for... The career I've had, like so much, I and I will talk about Buffy all day long. I guess mostly because not much she did after that was that successful. <laughs> yeah. But you know, she's very much a case of yeah, let's talk about it. It was a great time, um, unless it's the weird Josh Reed and controversy. But yeah, but, but but it is odd how there's you know another Simpsons actor in there and another celebrity. Like every episode is a celebrity. Yep. So yeah, we're, we're gonna have to have like little celeb counter, I think, because yeah. I feel like the celebs kind of die off after this first series. Like, well, you do get them, and they're maybe slightly bigger and more obvious names, or have bigger roles. But here, we've had, you know, one every episode for quite a while yeah, now. Quite a while now. What's funny is Harry Shearer, to me, is always the guy from Wayne's World. Okay. Um, he plays a radio host, I think, called Handsome Dan, in Wayne's World. But his voice in that, he's his voice. Um, his actual voice sounds a lot more like Mr. Burns yeah. than you'd think, to be fair. Obviously, he exaggerates it for the show. But in my head, I hear his voice and Pink Wayne's world. So when he started talking, that's when my brain started to go. Okay. I was like, this sounds like Handsome Dan from Wayne's world. And then it wasn't until I Googled him and went, oh, wait, and the Simpsons. Um, but yeah, it's, he's not a very nice chap from the sound of things, is he? No. 
Let's have a listen. Where exactly is your zoo? Well, it's uh, technically not a zoo per se. It's a, more of an interactive wildlife experience. <laughs> Let me ask you uh, some questions about, is it uh, Marcel? Yes. Yes. Uh, does he uh, fight with other animals? No, no. He's, he's very docile. Hmm. Even if he were cornered? <laughs> Why? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> Why? Um, how is he at handling small objects? He can hold a banana, if that's what you mean. What about a hammer or a small blade? <laughs> Why, 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 why would he need a blade? <laughs> if he's up against a jungle cat or an animal with horns, you've got to give the little guy something. Otherwise, it's just cruel. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta San Diego. Diego. What? Yeah, we were, we were coming back from our walk and, and the phone was, was ringing. He's it. He's it. Oh, did you hear that, Marcel? Oh, it's San Diego, San Diego. <laughs> You're making a big mistake here. I mean, San Diego's all very well and good, but if you give him to me, I'll start him off against a blind rabbit and give you 20% of the game. <laughs> it is a funny character. Yeah, just <laughs> it's, it's so absurd that, that he'd run this weird animal fight club. Well, yeah, because you normally when you think of, like, cockfighting or whatever, you think of, like, seedy underground people, not someone calling themselves Doctor. Yeah, Doctor. And, I mean. and with, like, a very suave, like, accent going on. Yeah, he's got a great voice, to be yeah. fair. Like, you I listen to him all day. Yeah. Um, I just think he was like, oh, I'll start him off against the blind rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you got to give him something. To... Like, the part of my brain's, like, curious, but I'd want, like, animal pro wrestling where they're not getting hurt. I'd be like... Yeah, you're you're thinking of this being, like, a, a stage show, aren't you, rather than someone's basement. <laughs> yeah, like a rubber knife. Yeah. And it's like, can Marcel beat the rabbit hordes? And then not like, oh, let's all hide in the back of a betting shop in a small cage with flickering lights yep. and sweat and stale alcohol while a monkey tries to stab something. Like, it's a horrible idea. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. As soon as you go think about it too much, you're like, actually, yeah, it's disgusting, right? We've referenced Joseph Stalin this episode and it's somehow not the most atrocious thing about it. it yeah. It's the weird monkey knife fight club. Yep. Just <laughs> monkey knife fight club. That should have been the title, shouldn't it? <laughs> the one with the monkey fight club. But yeah, just it's a horrible bloke. I, I don't think I'd be able to not throw him out of the central perch straight away. No, I, f- I feel like at that moment when the guys come in, that's when Ross should be going, go away now. Then I get away from my monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <Just like laughs> but uh, it's very good he got into San Diego. It's a prestigious zoo. I'd like to go to it one day. I, I don't know. I mean, is it difficult to get your monkey in? Apparently Ross seems to think so. I, I assume you can't just go up to zoos and go, I've got an animal, can you take it? Because obviously they need to home it, feed it, etc. Yeah, we'll probably quarantine it first, to be yeah. fair. But And I would assume with monkeys, like if you've ever been to a zoo, they generally have a lot of monkeys to begin with. Do they need more? Yeah, well, and it's not. I guess it's not just as simple as, like, it's not like getting a hamster and putting it in the corner. No. You've got, like, right, we've got a social dynamic in our monkeys, and that's the leader monkey, and the rest do what it says, and then suddenly you chuck a new monkey in. The monkeys might kill him. Yep. And no one's going to get any cut of that game. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we leave creepy... Harry Shearer, Dr. Wad Harren at Central Park with the boys. And they rush us at home trying to claim an extremely messy apartment as Marika Bowles in drunk. She does, and uh, you know, this is the first time we've seen her drunk? This drunk, um, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm but... pretty confident it's the first time that we've seen her drunk. Um, 
yeah, it's nice that Rachel is allowed to clean the apartment still, or maybe it's just so messy she's like, I have to do it. Yeah, it's so untidy. Like, you don't get to see... There's usually a lot of papers and magazines on the table, um, and then it kind of does a panning shot of some of the apartment. Yeah. And to my mind, it's like, yeah, it's an apartment, but... <laughs> I bet you're going, this looks clean for like, my house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my house is just comics part of <laughs> yeah. where you'd expect. Um, but yeah, it's like, okay, well, clearly Monica's, you know, live in the Vita Loca. Um, because look at the state department it's not how we're used to seeing it and then she bows in drunk and you're like oh now it all makes sense but you know why it's messy don't you why is it messy it's because just before uh, drunk Monica walks in you can actually see the interior of her secret closet and it's clean and tidy so basically all the closet is just exploded into the apartment Oh, okay, so she basically just <laughs> open the door. After this, she just piles it all in, yeah. and that's that's when the secret shame closet comes in. Maybe Rachel just piles it all in, right? They're true. Maybe. I, feel like, I feel like that's a Rachel it's thing. Rachel and then Monica's just gone. Oh, I can't be bothered. They're like, oh, I'm hungover. Can you tidy the apartment? And Rachel's like, yes, sure, I will. And then just shoves it all in <laughs> yeah. and locks the door. Um, but then Monica decides. Well, while this is going on, they get a phone call, um, and they've arrested Monica, the imposter Monica, and put her in prison. And the girl seems sad by this. And it's like, well, just because you like her, she's still a criminal. Yeah. Like, she still has to pay for the crime. Like, it's... I, don't, I wouldn't be... I probably wouldn't prevent a criminal, to be fair, but... I find it weird that she got a call about this. Yes, it's... It's not a kind of normal operating procedure. It's like, once the bank have dealt with your complaint of, you know, someone's taken my money, have your money back, that tends to be the last you hear about it. Yeah. But maybe America's different. Maybe you are, you're entitled to know in America if they catch your fraudster. Yes, we've catched your fraudster. They're at this prison. You can find them here for these visiting hours if you want to go and see them. Yeah, I, maybe. Well, yeah, because it seems like when she gets there, it seems like Imposter Monica's surprised that she's visiting. It's not yes. like she called her and tried to get her to bail her out. No, that would make more sense, right? Yeah. But no, it's, it's clearly someone else. But Monica does decide to visit Jailbird Monica. She's got a new name now, Jailbird Monica, <laughs> instead of Imposter Monica. Uh, let's have a listen to that little prison visit. Which is what, is our first prison visit? Maybe our only prison visit in Friends? I think so, yeah. Yeah, look at that, there you go. Hi. Hey. How are you? I'm not too bad. Fortunately, lose my color. <laughs> How did you know I was here? Because I'm Monica Geller. It was my credit card you were using. That I was not expecting. I want you to know it wasn't me who turned you in. Oh. Thanks. No, thank you. That you have given me so much. I mean, if it wasn't for you, I would never have gotten to sing Memories on the stage at the Winter Garden Theater. Well, actually, you only got to sing Memo. <laughs> I just can't believe you're in here. I mean, what am I going to do without you? Who's going to crash the embassy parties with me? Who's going to take me to the Big Apple Circus? Monica, I started my day by peeing in front of 25 other women and you're worried about who's going to take you to the Big Apple Circus? <laughs> well, not worried, you know, just wondering. There's nothing to wonder about, Monica. You're going to go back to being exactly who you were because that's who you are. Not necessarily. Yes, necessarily. I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the Amish thing. Um... I'm not actually Amish. Really? Then why are you like that? That's so a good it, question. It is, but our Monica is very understanding, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, I suppose at this point, she's kind of 
you've got your money back, mm. so that's not an issue anymore. And then she likes this person, so I guess. But to me, it's just you still stole money from me. I'm still like I'd be stressed about trying to get this cash back from the credit card company. Yeah. So I wouldn't have warm fuzzy feelings for the criminal. You, you could never trust them. But you would want to. I would want to know more. It's like, how long have you been doing this for? Is this like, is this how you live your life? Well, she doesn't seem that upset that she's in prison or that she's been arrested. No. And it makes me like weird. This kind of like, especially I guess with white collar crimes, almost weirdly transactional in the sense of you break said laws. She could have committed fifty counts of identity theft or credit card fraud over the years. Have bought all sorts of things. Have all sorts of stuff stashed away. She gets caught once. Serves a few years inside for the one time she got caught. It's odd to me. They doesn't really feel like a punishment. It's like, oh, no. well, she's locked up for a bit and gets out. But then there's no kind of like rehab or remorse for that kind of crime because no one's really got hurt. No. It's oddly transactional. Like, yes, well, you've done it, so you must spend X amount of time in this prison and we'll let you back out and you carry on. Doing whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's odd to me. Whereas, I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, she didn't seem that stressed that she's in prison. No. Oh, you know, if that was me, I mean, I wouldn't commit the crime, but if I did and got caught, I'd be crying. I'd be like, no, <laughs> I'm in prison. Hello, I can't go outside and there's not enough tea. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Watching Friends podcast. Uh, I'm sorry about the audio quality because Ryan is on the other side of glass on the telephone. <laughs> oh, the guard's kicking us out now. We've yeah. gone too, on too long. Bye, one, bye, bye. We're running over. <laughs> yeah. We've got lots more guests. Every, I imagine everyone in prison could watch Friends. Yeah. Especially British prisons, like yeah. holiday camps. Oh, yeah, they get everything. Well, PlayStation like and yeah. Xbox. I mean, I know. I guess technically, like, I guess to my mind, I guess to the prison, their lack of liberty is the punishment. But I want like a proper old school, like English spelling of jail, um, where they're like chained to a wall and there's a leak yeah. on them, and like it, you broke the law. Like I've always thought, like you know, if if it if the worst happened where I was just like absolutely homeless and had no money at all, surely you would just commit a petty crime. So you go to prison. So you got a nice warm bed. Get three meals a day. Get to have your PlayStation and TV and exercise and whatever. It's like, well, this is better than being on the streets. Well, yeah. Given that, like, even like people who don't have jobs and stuff, and like they're kind of not criminally employed. It's not a crime, but you know what I mean. Like, if you don't have enough cash to do anything, most of your life is going to be like lockdown. You are just going to be sat in the house doing nothing because you can't afford to go out. Yeah. So, really, is there much of a difference between that and prison nowadays? I guess. No, exactly. It depends how much freedom you want, and some people can be kind of fine, right? Yeah, and like obviously, I mean, there's lots of other issues. Like, prison's technically supposed to be a re- rehabilitation as opposed to punishment, but that depends on which side of that bench you sit on. Um, but yeah, I'd just like, no, take away the PlayStations and the Game Boys. Like, if they want to do something, let them study. Yeah, it should be a place that you don't want to go to. Yeah. Like, you've got the other end of extreme of it where there's some horrible prisons. Mm hmm. But yeah, it should be a place where you, you are fearful. Someone goes, you might go to prison for this. You're like, no, like, I, do, I don't want to go. They're not. Ugh. Fine, I can go here for a year or two, make some friends, and then uh, get out of here. Yeah, play snooker all afternoon. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I've got a good. Well, well I can I can work on my body and become even stronger. Yeah, it's and <laughs> prison's an odd one. Yeah. Um, there was uh, a chap from New York. I can't remember his name, um, and he was homeless. So he would go to restaurants in New York, order a meal, and then refuse to pay because he couldn't pay. And then the police would turn up. They'd arrest him for like a petty crime, misdemeanor. He'd then spend a night in a warm bed in a cell. Um, they'd let him out. A couple of days later, we did the exact same thing. And he just became this weird like revolving door system where he would eat for free and then get let out. And it's kind of like, when you read that story, it's kind of presented in a, what a wacky character. And I'm like, well... Why no, wouldn't you do it? It's not a wacky character, though. He's someone taking advantage of the system. Yeah. It's like he's the people... 
uh, the restaurants he's ripping off aren't getting reimbursed for their effort or their work. And then the system and the taxpayers are having to pay to keep him in a cell overnight and all the kind of effort that goes into running the police force. And I'm like, it's not a good story at all. No. There, there's got to be a cut-off point, hasn't there? Yeah. I suppose it comes down to the attitude of, you know, I go to work, I pay my bills, I pay my taxes. Like, why is someone else getting a free ride? Yeah. So I guess when someone has basically broken the social contract of, you know, committing crimes, we said we shouldn't. Why do they get a good time in prison? Oh, imagine your headline. Man goes to prison for stealing Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he didn't have caviar or anything, just Nando's. Yeah, just, just Nando's. Nando's and tea bags. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I've stolen. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, it's a bit of a random tangent again, but to me it's just prison's weird in the UK. It seems more like a holiday camp. And I've never been in one, so maybe it isn't. Maybe it's a much darker and sinister experience. But. Well, yeah, because, you know, we've all watched Orange is the New Black and we're like, oh, it looks fun. God, I hated Piper <laughs> in that show. Like, I've never known a TV show have a more despised main character. Yeah. And you can tell, because obviously by season the end of that show, she wasn't the focus of the show anymore. Well, she was season one pretty much, and then that's the end of her story, wasn't it, really? Because we all hated her. It was just, uh, no, 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 no. It's literally like that was the end of her real life story. Oh, okay. And then they're like, we need we need more and carry on. So they like carried on with her a little bit, and then they transitioned to their, their new characters. All the characters were so more interesting than she was. It was for a little bit. Just ugh. And then yeah. it got very samey. But but that's a that's a tangent for another podcast. Another time. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously Monica's just been essentially challenged by imposter Monica, Jabba Monica, that she's basically gonna go back to being the person she always was before she met Imposter Monica. Yeah. Um and Monica doesn't want this to happen, which you know, it makes sense if you if you feel like you've had a positive change in your life, you're you know, gonna try and maintain that, I guess. So Monica goes back to tap class where you dance a tap class. And then I notice something on the wall in this one. Okay. Um, where there's a poster for a musical called Le Cage Falls, which is basically French for the birdcage, um, which I've never seen and I'm desperate to see. Um, it's one of my all-time kind of show tune favourite songs. Is a song called I Am What I Am. Um, and there's a movie called The Birdcage starring Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. So you know it's amazing already. Um, but that also stars uh, Hank Azaria. So there's more, even more Simpsons references technically hidden in this episode. And hopefully Monica doesn't spoil this one in the next episode for you. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> um, oh, I, I've watched The Birdcage a lot. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, it is basically the exact same plot from the stage show where a gay man's son goes to off, wants to marry a politician's daughter. Um, and then it's a case of, in the movie at least, the dad and his partner run a drag nightclub and the son's like, look, can you guys just pretend to be normal in inverted brackets while you meet my partner's family because he's running for Congress and, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're straight-laced kind of weird people. Uh, well, normal to the rest of the world, weird to yeah. me, I guess. Um, and then it's essentially just like Nathan Lane hamming up, pretending to be a woman, just being hysterically hilarious. And Hank Azaria plays this really flamboyant housekeeper in like hot pants and a pink vest. And it, it's... Re- this sounds interesting. It's sounds ridiculous, funny. but it's so funny. Um, but the musical is obviously what inspired that movie. Okay. Um, I've never seen it. And every time it's on... Well, I was going to watch it and then COVID got in the way. And it doesn't... It's not like Cats. Like Cats doesn't close and the car seems to be on for like three months of the year every now and then. But we will go see the car. Okay. Yeah, sounds fun. But yeah, I thought you'd appreciate yet another Simpsons reference hidden in this episode. Definitely. Uh, but Monica decides she's taking positive steps and she decides she's going to join the dance class. She's still not very good. But, you know, I was happy to see Monica step up and try it and get a bit of character development going on. Yeah, I guess she's got over, like, the initial fear of doing it and it's fine, right? So she's like, I'm going to try and, try and t- you know, show that you're wrong and I will be a different person. 
But she's never going to be fully who she was trying to be. No, I mean, you wouldn't want her to be. No, you, she, she basically had her wingman, in a sense, or wing, wing woman, helping enable her to do this. And Did now she? she doesn't have that. Rachel's not going to do it. Phoebe might. I reckon Phoebe would be up for some weird stuff where you'd be like, let's do this. She'd be like, cool. Well, I think the difference is that imposter Monica pushed Monica to do these things. Yes. Whereas now Monica's braver at doing the things she wants to do. Yep. Like, I don't think she's going to do stupid things like sneaking into an episode party anymore. But if she decides, you know what, there's an opportunity and she wants to go for it, she'd go for it. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. I quite, I quite like that. Yeah, it's, it's nice character development. And I think that's what makes this episode so enjoyable. Yeah, we, we, we get somewhere. Um, like because trying new things is nerve wracking to be fair but yeah. 9 times out of 10 no matter what the result is you do feel better having tried it yeah I remember the first time I went to well I played an ice hockey match so going to practice didn't seem like a big deal because it was like oh it's like it's practice and it's safe and I know what I'm doing and I'm learning and then practice got a little bit better and then all of a sudden it's first competitive game day we were playing another team that I've never met before and I'm like oh my god oops and I was like just bricking it I was super nervous and then about eight minutes in I got walloped so hard and hit the ice but I was having such a great time at that point that I remember hitting the ice lying there looking up at the ceiling going yay (laughs) it's like just really happy that I was finally playing this sport that I really really liked and they was all looking at you going oh he's massively concussed (laughs) what's he doing he's smiling (laughs) he's dead or weird um but yeah like yeah so it it is it was nice to see a character in the show kind of get that moment of like yes I'm I'm taking a chance. Yeah. So, you know, a little applaud to the TV screen when I watch that. It's quite good. But the rest of the gang, they're not at dance class, are they, Mark? No, they're not. They're at the airport saying goodbye to Marcel. And it makes sense that Monica's not even here because she was never really a big fan of Marcel. Seems kind of mm. out of place that she's not there. Like, you know, she didn't hate the monkey, but... Well, she's at her dance class, isn't she? It just feels like... Could she not have rescheduled it? At the same time, it's a bit weird, the whole gang are there anyway. Because, you know, the the airport's not close to their apartment. No. And, I don't know, like, the, the gang seems to stay together a lot for, for these sorts of things where they don't need to be there. But they're like, if you said, oh, I'm, I'm going to say goodbye to someone, like, okay, you have fun, I'll say goodbye to them here. I don't need to come with you for that final moment. Yeah, Marcel wasn't their pet. Like, you no. know, I'd say bye to Marcel at the apartment, you know, maybe give him a banana. And I'd sit back down. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, someone would pop walk Because we never really find out. We know Phoebe can drive. Yep. I mean, they, they can get the subway or whatever, right? I don't know. Can you take a monkey on the subway? I, it depends. <laughs> well, well who, who's going to know it's going to be in the cage? Yeah, it's, and plus it's New York subway, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the living on there. Um, but yeah, they all end up at the, like you said, they all make the extra effort to go spare bar to, buy to Marcel. Um, I guess, in theory, it's just for jokes. Yep. for the episode but uh, we'll go say goodbye and let's have a little listen to the heartfelt goodbyes we get from some of the gang okay goodbye little monkey guy alright I wrote you this poem oh. okay but don't eat it till you get on the plane thank you Aunt Phoebe oh okay bye champ now I know there's gonna be a lot of babes in San Diego but remember there's also a lot to learn I don't know what to say, Ross. Uh, it's a monkey. <laughs> just, just say what you feel, Joey. Marcel, I'm hungry. That was good. Marcel, this is for you. Oh. It's uh, just, you know, something to... Um, 
do on the plane. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to take a moment just me and him. Oh, sure. Of course. Absolutely. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Marcel, come here, come here. Come here. Well, buddy, this is it. Just a couple of things I wanted to say. I'm really gonna miss you. you know, and I'm never gonna forget about you. You've been more than just a pet to me. You've been, it's more like a big, okay. Marcel, would you, Marcel, would you, would you leave my leg alone? Would you, would you just stop pumping me for two seconds? Marcel, would you, okay, would you just take him away? You know, I, th I think I'm going to channel Joey in future just be like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and don't anyone else about my feelings. I mean, he follows the instruction. He tells Marcel what he's feeling and what he's feeling is hunger. Yep. But clearly he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I think it's just like, no, you come in because we're all going. Yeah. I feel like Ross has invited them all and made them go. So everyone's like, are you going to come channel there? And the channel's like, I suppose that means Joey's coming. And then Joey yeah. just grabs like Phoebe. He's like, you're coming too. <laughs> yeah. They all have to go. Rachel seems like she kind of cares. Yeah, she's um, she's emotional, but... But that's Rachel. She's always emotional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I'll, I mean, I miss seeing Marcel pop up every now and then. He'll be back soon. He does come back soon. Um, soon. But you know, I quite like. I mean, he's a monkey. Monkey. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's. I've said this so many times before. It's still weird. If this happened in like series two or three, I could maybe understand. In series one, it's so out there to have this like kind of monkey character because that it's it's almost defining Ross, isn't it? Like, oh, he's the weird kooky one. He has an animal. Like, if, if Phoebe had it, fine. Totally understand it. She's Fair. weird. Ross, it seems so out of character on every level, from you know, the fact that it's an illegal monkey to it just being like a monkey that he thinks is his child. Just, I don't know. There, there's a lot, lot of weirdness about it. it if, if it came out of the show, I don't think I would notice it gone. Fair, I think I would, just because Marcel's Marcel. But I get what you mean. It is a very odd odd thing to have about mm. New York I suppose um, but we couldn't end the episode on a sad note so we had to see Joey auditioning for the role of Mercutio which if I was going to yep. play a part in a Shakespeare play I'd audition for Mercutio to be fair Romeo and Juliet has some of the best lines in the entire play okay you familiar with Rowan Juliet uh, mostly yeah yeah he's, got, he's just yeah he's just ace and in the the Baz Luhrmann version okay. the guy who plays Mercutio was in Lost I can't remember his name but he was fantastic but still, this is a not a Shakespeare podcast. It's a podcast. <laughs> but Joey has finally picked a new stage name. What's that stage name, Ryan? Holden McGroin. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I hope Chandler has given him that name again. <laughs> and then I'm like, you're even worse now. Like before, like Joseph Stalin could be an actual name. You've just come up with a comedy name at this point. <laughs> like back to the Simpsons. This sounds like the kind of name Bart would call Mo and ask for. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. It's, it's just ridiculous. Like, like Holden, is that a name? Yeah, Holden's definitely, it's definitely an is American it? name, okay. but it's a name I've heard before, yeah. But McGroin? McGroin. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... <laughs> there, there is a podcast I listen to, uh, I'll give them a shout-out, called The Computer Game Show, and they talk about computer games, surprisingly. But they, they have a bit now where uh, they have listeners writing to them, because they actually have some fans that listen to them writing, <laughs> unlike us. And it started going down this rabbit hole of people coming up with comedy names. It started off with people making stuff up about um like Mike Fridge, my fridge yeah. and it's now just gone into weirdness like really obscure names 
and it and it's funny, but I think at some point it's going to become unfunny. Um, but yeah, some some of the names they've come up with are, are quite hilarious. Yeah, I mean, as far as joke names go, it's pretty solid to be fair. It is, yes. Uh, but I'm going to give you another fact here. <gasps> what are we going to go for? Uh, so, casting directors at the audition um, were actually the three writers of the show: David Crane, Marta Kaufman, and Kevin Bright. Oh, that's pretty. So cool. they're they're back in the show again. They like to put themselves in the show quite a lot. I would, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I'd always been there. Hi there. Oh look, I'm suddenly I'd just be in the background of Central Park in like every episode. Yeah, like, that guy's always there. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that, w- that actually wouldn't be too weird, would it? Considering Ross, Rachel, Joey, etc., always there. There'd be no reason I couldn't just insert myself into as many scenes as possible. Yeah. Well, there, there's some like film directors where they're like, I need to be in one scene of every film I do, and I'd like, yeah, I'd want to be. Yeah. Part of that, right? Peter Jackson springs to mind with his little chomping on a carrot in the Fellowship of the Rings yeah. when they get to Bree, which is, but I think it's Peter Jackson, so obviously looks like Peter Jackson. It's really difficult for him to do it <laughs> without it being obvious. I mm. feel like he's too obvious about it because you, you hear, oh, look, oh, we're in Bree, and then you see Peter Jackson and go, why is he there? Yeah. He's going to take you out of Lord of the Rings again. Whereas these guys were perfectly appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, end of our episode. Yeah, I mean another another strong episode from season one. Definitely, it's yeah. filled with character development. A lot of lot of Monica. It seems to be we're we're getting episodes right now where it it mainly focuses on one character, gives yep. them a bit about them. Um, so we we're going to get probably a little bit more Monica, slight Ross next episode, and then after that it becomes very Ross heavy. Yep, because you know, he has his child. Uh, but yeah, it's like funny jokes. Uh, a lot go a lot going on, especially, and it's always nice to get away from the apartment mm-hmm. and Central Park and that. So yeah, I mean, in terms of like ease of us making an episode, I always like it when it all picked to focus on one or two characters and the rest of the group stayed together. Yeah, um, the episode they put up specifically one where they go to the Rangers game and you've got like the girls and then the boys and then Phoebe's and like everyone's all over the place. Yeah, that, that was just as, as you know behind the curtain type of thing. That was an ep- nightmare of an episode to sort out because you were like, oh my god. Stop jumping around. Well, yeah, because you're going, and the the girls are at this apartment, and uh, and they didn't mean to do anything, but the boys are here. Like, it doesn't it doesn't really work, but this flows really nicely from scene to scene. So, yeah, another good one. Yeah, it's great. Love it. And then you know, we got uh, we got Harry Schaefer in there, which is just cool. Yep, I like Harry it. Schaefer. No, Shearer. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. I'm playing Psychonauts at the minute, so I've got Tim Schaefer and Harry Shearer confused in my head. When are they? I mean, too fair. Harry- and Tim Shearer. <laughs> you just saying all the names wrong now. What do you think? Tim Schaefer. Yeah. Harry Shearer. Th- them two. I got yeah, them yes. confused in my head. <laughs> okay. Harry Shearer would be great in Psychonauts. Maybe he's in Psychonauts too. I'm know. sure. He, I'm sure he's in some video games, right? He's got to be other than the Simpsons ones. But uh, I think we should bring this podcast to a close so we can get to recording episode twenty-two, the one with the ick factor. Yep. So that's going to come up next week. Uh, we've already done the main socials, so yeah, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Write to us, you know, tell us your comedy names. We'll, we'll read them out. We'll definitely read them out, as long as they're not too rude. We'll probably do it anyway. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you can. where else can we find you, Ryan? As always, you can find me at gamehype.co.uk. And you can find me at fuzzballs.co, where I do lots of cute drawings and comics of little animals that do adultish things at times, like drink coffee and tea. I'm glad you, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you got that <laughs> disclaimer in there. I was yeah. like... 
No, they. Oh, you mean to drink coffee? Yeah, yes. I, yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're not childish, but they're yeah, not not those kind of adult things. No, no, no. We don't want to go down that route. Appropriate right? adult yes. things. <laughs> yes, millennial adult things. things. Fun, fun things that fun millennials things. are into. Right, adorable, cute things. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back in a week's time. So thank you for listening to us. We'll see you next week. Bye.